0: Okay, well, good morning once again. Uh, today's scripture is found in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 7 through 12, and uh, I'll start by reading that and then we'll, we'll dig into the message this morning. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this, "'Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds.'" Let's take a moment to pray um, before we begin. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for the promises that you give in scripture. And Lord, as we look at these words today of your son Jesus, I pray that we would have insight and understanding as to what it means as well as how we can apply it to our lives so that we can best live for you. So we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, Pastor Mike walked us through Jesus' words where he teaches us not to worry. And the reality is that all of us at times have been in times of need. For some of you, that's been financial need, where maybe you've really struggled financially. Uh, Others of you, maybe it's been an emotional need. Maybe you have um, had a broken relationship or someone has seriously hurt you. Um, maybe you've just had a really stressful time at work or at school or at home or with friends. Sometimes we have emotional needs. Some of you are just um, maybe have had times where you needed to seek advice. You needed someone to give you good advice about a difficult decision you had to make, uh, about a challenging situation that you were in. Some of you may have had spiritual needs. But regardless, we all at different times. Um, need someone to turn to for help when we just don't know what to do. And so when we face these situations, who do we usually go to? Well, most often um, we go to someone who we believe we really think has the best advice or the best expertise or the, the, the most resources or the best ability to actually help us. Um, We go to someone who we feel also has our best interest in mind. So, for example, if you are in need of a Cantonese speaker to help you with something, you won't come to me. You'll go to someone who can actually help you. And so, the thing about us as Christians, those of us who are followers of Jesus, one of the great benefits we have is we have access to the greatest power in the world to help us whenever we need it, 24-7, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And that power, of course, is God himself. And all we need to do to access this power is through prayer. And the scriptures continually teach us throughout the Old and New Testaments that God invites us and is eager for us to come to him when we need help. Uh, in Psalm 46 verse 1 it says God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Hebrews 4:16 let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 3 that God is is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Now, think about that. God, Paul reminds us that God doesn't just, isn't just able to do what we ask. He's able to do infinitely more than we can ask. He's able to do infinitely more than we can even imagine. And so, as I evaluate in my own life, when I need help, is God the first one that I turn to? And often in my life, well, it's, he's not, unless I'm really desperate for need. I, I turn to others, or I turn to um, help from the internet, or whatever. And so the question, is, as I've uh, wrestled with this passage the past couple weeks in preparing for today, the question I ask myself is, why not? <laughs> why wouldn't I want to tap into the greatest source of power in the world? Uh, Billy Sunday was a baseball player turned evangelist in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And he said this in his sermon, Teach Us to Pray. He said, If you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest test source of power known to human beings. If you're a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest test source of power known to human beings. And so what a privilege we have to access this power. And all we have to do is ask, come to him in prayer. Now, some of you have had stories where you were in need and God was there for you to help you. And maybe you've witnessed or experienced answers to prayer in your own life. Um, I had a situation a little over a month ago where um, I had to rely on God for help. I was driving my wife to work Early one morning and as I was driving her I noticed that it seemed like the engine was getting a little hot and the needle that was um, Tells the temperature was getting closer to the hot side And so I thought okay after I drop her off I'll go to a shell station and see if maybe I just need to add some coolant or something It didn't seem too serious. Well when I drove to the shell station smoke started to come out from the engine And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. Um, So I I tried to ask them, I just need coolant maybe, can we try that? And because I don't speak Cantonese, they didn't know what I was saying, and so I had to call someone to help translate. And they thought and we thought that they had fixed it. They didn't put coolant in, they just poured water. Um, Maybe that's what they do here, I don't know. And so they said, it should be good to go. And so I start to drive, and as I'm driving out, Smoke starts to come out again, and I think, oh no, what do I do now? Because I was really scared, because I, I've, never, I've only been a, a driver for um, about half a year in Hong Kong, and uh, I don't know what the procedures are. I didn't know where to call a tow truck. And so all I knew was a few months earlier, after I purchased a car, I needed to get new tires made and some other things. So I knew there was a gr- garage in Tong, So I thought, I will go there. But the problem was I didn't remember where it was. And I didn't remember the address, and I didn't remember the name even, so I couldn't even look up, how do I get there on my GPS? And yes, for most places I go in Hong Kong, if I don't know, I rely on Google, Google Maps. And so I thought, dear God, I just prayed, God, please help me get to this garage. So I started to drive, and as I'm driving, more smoke is coming out, and I'm still pleading, God, please help me get to this garage. And so as I'm driving, I get to Kwantong, and um, I'm realizing, okay, God, maybe your GPS is better than Google, so thank you for getting me to Quintong. But then I was looking, where do I get get to? And so I drove around the block a couple times because I could see in the distance, that's where I need to go. But because there's so many one-way streets, I didn't know how to get there. And so finally, after praying and pleading, um, I get to a point where I see I can turn around and, and I can get to where I need to go. And so as I slow down and I'm waiting for traffic, the car almost stalls out and dies. And so I said, please, God, please help me get to the garage. And so please don't let me pull over. I don't know what to do if I pull over. And so, um, so then I was able to get there. And as I drove in, I had to go down this ramp to get to the garage. And as I drove down, the car stopped. <laughs> and it died. And it stalled out. And I, I tried to start it again, and it wouldn't start. And so I waited there until the, the workers came, and they were able to help me fix the car. Thankfully, it was nothing serious. But I was in that situation where I didn't know who to turn to or who to ask for help, and I just relied on God. And praise God, I asked, and He gave an answer to that, um, to that plea. And so many of us will also have these experiences or have had these experiences. I'm sure many of you have had stories that you could share about how God answers prayer. And so when we think about... This concept of how God wants us to come to Him, He is there to help us, that's, with, with that understanding we come to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 7. And so again, Jesus tells His people, shortly after, He says, Don't worry. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, okay, you don't need to worry. God will take care of you. All you need to do is ask. And <clears throat> these, these words for ask, seek, and knock, in the Greek, you could actually literally translate it as saying, keep on asking, or keep on seeking, or keep on knocking, and you will receive, you will find, the door will be opened. It's almost as if Jesus is saying that if we persistently and expectantly, we expect God to answer, then our prayer requests, as we persistently and expectantly present our request to God, He will give us just what we need. And the question is, do we ask? If God is generous and wants to give us, the question is, do we ask Him? Jesus gives another um, persuasion as to why uh, God is so willing to help us. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask him? Um, Here he uses an example of bread and fish. Well, at this time, bread, loaves of bread were much smaller than they are today, and they were round and could easily, at first glance, be mistaken for a stone. Um, The fish um, in this area would have been very long. Some of it would have been very long and scaly and could be mistaken for a snake. And Jesus is saying that you, even though you're imperfect, even though you're flawed, even though you're not... God, you still love your kids. You still want to give them good gifts. You still want to see joy and happiness in their life. Um, I'm, a, I'm a father, and uh, my son is three years old. And um, he just began talking about eight or nine months ago. Um, went from no words to like two, three, two or three word phrases. And uh, now he's just nonstop talking. And it's kind of cool to see. We were actually kind of worried, but... Um, now he doesn't always, he's the one who at Father's Day said happy birthday to me. Um, so he, he's still learning. Um, but I talked about having needs earlier and my son, um, speaks in absolutes. So when he wants something, such as he wants to watch TV, he will say, and he also speaks in third person. So he says, Lucas needs to watch TV. And i'll say no you do not need to watch tv you want do you want to watch tv and he'll say lucas needs to want to watch tv <laughs> and so my wife and i will say no you do not have to watch tv lucas has to need to watch t- to want to watch tv <laughs> or sleep with mommy daddy or eat cake or whatever it is and so when he talks like that, how can we how can we say no to that, right? <laughs> I mean, now we don't te- we don't give our kid everything that he wants, but when we have that relationship with him and we see the joy that he that brings him, because when he gets something, he doesn't say thank you, he says thank you, you know, really um, exaggerated. Even the 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 ladies who uh, hand out pamphlets at the MTR, he'll he'll ask for one and say thank you, you know. <laughs> But seeing that joy in him when he receives something that we can give him that's good, uh, we want to, as our parents, as, as parents, we want to give our kids that. And so think about, you know, even though we're sinful, we, we have that desire, and yet God is perfect, and he is sovereign, and he wants to give us good gifts. If we desire to do that, think about how much more God wants to give us good things. Now, inevitably, the question comes up so does that mean God will give me anything I want? What do you think? So, I have a 2003 Honda Odyssey. I would love to have something better, say, a Lamborghini um, or a Ferrari. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I I drove uh, one of the first times I drove through the island and I parked at IFC. I was surrounded by Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, and I thought, I do not belong here. <laughs> um, so if I ask for that, you will—I re- will receive, right? Maybe. If you want that certain guy or girl to fall in love with you, God will make that happen, right? Sorry, I used to te- teach teenagers, and that was always what they'd be like. Maybe. <laughs> Does it mean that God will give us everything we want? Well, you notice that Jesus does not give any qualifiers here. He doesn't say, um, God, if you ask, you will receive, accept, or, well, in this condition. No. And the reason is, he doesn't have to do that, because earlier in um, the Sermon on the Mount, just, just a little bit earlier, when he teaches his disciples about prayer, and we recited it earlier with the Lord's Prayer... He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay? So Jesus assumes that his followers or his listeners, um, he assumes that they will recall that, to know that, okay, they will ask anything, but of course it needs to be in line with God's will for their life. And so something that a lot of people always bring up, who I've talked to Or um, whenever there's a message like this, will inevitably say, okay, I've heard so many stories of how God answers prayer. And I'm sure that many of you can share, probably many of you can have many stories to share about how you've seen God answer prayer in your life. But inevitably there's people who say, I have tried to pray and God never answered my prayer. I prayed for someone in my family to be healed and they weren't healed. I prayed for God to provide this for me, and it wasn't provided for me. I prayed that I would ace my A-levels, and I didn't, or whatever it is. And so some people have this real legitimate question about unanswered prayer. Well, on this idea of unanswered prayer, um, I believe that there is a little bit of a... um, false assumption and that is that when God doesn't answer affirmatively if he doesn't give us what we ask for then that means God didn't answer my prayer but I believe that God always answers our prayers it just may not be with the answer we like or in the way that we hope or in the timing that we want uh, God to answer now sometimes God does say an absolute yes to whatever we ask for I know of stories of, of people praying for healing and God provided healing, um, where uh, someone is provided for provision, and God has provided for them. Uh, my first year of marriage uh, <clears throat> was probably our biggest struggle financially. We got married right out of college, right out of university, and um, <clears throat> we were young and we were in love and i 'd say a little naive. <laughs> I just thought, well, the bills will come the the jobs we have will pay the bills and then after a while I'm like oh, how are we going to survive? Um, and it was a real struggle and when we um, came to Hong Kong to visit uh, Gita's family after we were married we were, we were married for about six months and I left uh, the States um, to go to Hong Kong not knowing how we would pay our bills when we got back home and when we came back um, we found a random envelope of money, about 200 U.S. in our mailbox. They must have known we were coming back that day because (laughs) otherwise you wouldn't leave money cash in a mailbox. And then the next day we heard a knock on the door and when I opened the door no one was there and there was another envelope with like $300. And so we were able to pay for our bills. And so there in that instance God said, yes, I will provide for you. But there's other instances where God might say no. He might say no to our prayers. Did you know that God even... I guess you could assume or it's insinuated that God said no to one of Jesus' prayer requests. Even Jesus had an answer of no that came to him. Jesus prayed, uh, if you remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was about ready to be uh, arrested and crucified, he pleaded with the Father and said, God, if there's any way to have another way, please let there be another way. And God said, no, you're the only one who can do this. You're the only perfect sacrifice. But if you notice that Jesus was easily and readily accepting of that, because in his prayer, what did he include? He said, your will be done, not my will. And so there are times where God may say, no, Um, Even the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, God said no to him. He describes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 um, about how he had this thorn in the flesh. And we don't know exactly what that is. Um, He actually says it was a messenger of Satan that was tormenting him. So whatever it was, that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) And so he pleaded with God to take it away, not just once, not twice, but three times. And yet God said, no. Well, why did God say no? Well, Paul says it was because to keep him from becoming conceited, to keep him humble, to keep him from becoming arrogant. And it was the only way that God could teach that to him. And also, God wanted to teach him another lesson, which was, my grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul had that that answer of no, and yet... It wasn't because God didn't want to give him what he wanted, because God still had what was best for him. And actually, through that experience, probably gave him something better. Because he was able to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. He was still coming to God and was able to have a deeper relationship with God than he would have if God would have just taken that away. Also in my life, I've had my share of Nose to, to my prayers. One of the big ones, when I was about five years old, we moved from southern Indiana to northern Indiana and we had to get rid of our dog because where we were moving didn't allow pets. So for the next 10 years, 12, no, 15 years of my life, I asked every birthday and every Christmas that my parents would give me a puppy dog. And I thought, that's, that's, oh, it's very easy, I mean, it's not that hard, and you know I really want that. And so the years went by, and I never got a puppy dog, and so I finally went into college, and I thought, okay, I'll forget about that, because I was living on campus anyway. And so then I got married, and I thought, okay, now I'm living on my own, I don't have to ask my parents, I can just get a puppy dog. And so I asked Gita, "Um, can we get a puppy dog? And it turns out that I married a woman who can't stand pets. <laughs> so I thought, oh, God, why are you not letting me have this? And so I thought, okay, we'll, we'll wait and uh, we'll, we'll work on that a little bit. And so after a while, uh, we were married for three years. Well, then God called us to Hong Kong. And I thought, well, do they have pets in Hong Kong? I don't know. And so we move into our place, and I asked, so can we have pets? Pets are not allowed. <laughs> so I thought, oh. And so we lived there. It was actually Laguna Verde, just near here. We lived there for seven years. And so then we moved, and uh, we went to a new place that you can have pets. And my wife still won't let us have a pet. <laughs> for 31 years, I've been asking for a puppy dog. God, why haven't you given me one? <laughs> and so for whatever reasons, I don't know why, but God said no. No. And he's got a greater uh, perspective than I do. And maybe, it's, maybe I'm still waiting because, you know, that's another answer that God can give is wait. Maybe it's not the right timing. And, you know, this is probably the hardest answer we can receive from God because uh, for most of us, obviously, we like it when our prayer is answered in affirmative yes. Um, we also can maybe move on if we, we know that it's no, you can't do that, you can't have that. That's not going to happen. So then we might move on. But when it's weight, that's really tough, right? <clears throat> um, you know, I experienced this a, a little bit in my journey to AIC. Um, my pre, at my previous church, I had served there for nine years as a youth pastor. And there was about a, a year or so process where I was transitioning out, where I knew, okay, God was calling me somewhere else. And uh, it was a very, very good process there um, and a great um, goodbye, so to speak. But during that process, um, I thought it would be easy, be easy because I've got lots of ministry experience. I've been in Hong Kong for many years. It'll be easy for me to find a church. And during that process, I had lots of opportunities, and God kept saying no, no, no. And I was facing uh, disappointment, rejection, Um, and and seeing people who were just out of university getting offered positions and jobs that I was seeking after and thinking, God, what's going on here? And I really wrestled with that because I knew that, one, God had called us to Hong Kong and I knew, two, God was transitioning me out. It was so clear that God was wanting us to go somewhere else to serve. And during that process, I was just like, God, why are you doing this? And I didn't seem. It seemingly there was silence on God's end, and then finally there came a point where um, I was uh, asleep at night, and I woke up in the night. And and I haven't told a lot of people about this. Maybe not even Gita. Um, But during the night, um, I woke up and I was still conversing with God, thinking about God. Where are you calling me? Where are you calling us to serve next? And then I heard a voice. And. I am not joking or exaggerating which was as clear as the way I'm talking to you. And I I cannot claim that I always hear God's voice. In fact, this was like a once in a lifetime moment. But God said as clear as I'm speaking to you, Dan, I'm not finished with you yet. Dan, I'm not through with you yet. And that was very comforting to me and I knew it was God. And it was shortly after that that the door to AIC was opened. And so as I went through that process, it was not fun. I was hoping for a yes, and I got lots and lots of no's. And apparently, lots of waiting, too. But in the end, God had what was best for me and best for us. And we are so blessed to be here. We want to thank you for allowing us to be here to serve. And so we often may not get our prayers answered in the way that we hope or expect or in the timing that we want Um, In the New American Commentary on Matthew, it says that often our prayers are not answered as we originally desired because we do not share God's perspective in knowing what is ultimately a good gift for us. You know, God has a greater perspective than we do. We think we might know what's best, what we need, and yet God says, no, I've got something better for you. And we need to trust Him in that. We need to trust to know that God has our best in mind. You know, uh, God is not, um, he's not a sadist. He's not someone who enjoys seeing us suffer. Um, Now, sometimes God allows us to suffer, but it's always for our own good. And so we need to trust knowing that God has good gifts to give us and he is eager to give them to us. Are we willing to ask him for it? He wants to shower us with his blessings well Jesus ends this portion of or this portion of his thought on asking and seeking and he wants to be generous with us with um, this verse which says so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets this is known as uh, traditionally as the golden rule now what's interesting is this is not the first time something like this uh, has come up in literature or in history. Actually, ancient Jewi- Jewish texts had a similar saying, and uh, even in ancient Chinese philosophy, Confucius coined a phrase uh, that goes something like this, Gei saw but you mat si yu For those of you who are not proficient, maybe you should ask me for Cantonese. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> For those of you who are not proficient in Cantonese, basically it's translated as what, what you do not wish for yourself, do not do to others. And something similar is also found in ancient Jewish texts. And what's interesting is this is um, mentioned in the negative, okay? What you don't want to happen to you, don't do that to others. But what's, what I think is ingenious about the way Jesus phrases it is because it's in the positive, Okay. Um, he says, do to others what you would have them do to you. And I think it's ingenious because just like when Jesus talked about eye for eye, tooth for tooth, when he talked about loving your enemies, he didn't just say, don't retaliate or don't fight back or don't get them back. He actually says to do good to those who may harm you. And so Jesus calls his followers to be proactive in doing good to others. To not just, because it's kind of easy to not treat people in a bad way. It's harder to proactively treat them in a good way. And throughout this whole context, Jesus, as I mentioned, was talking about loving enemies, those who want to harm you, and that's the even, even harder part, is even when there's people who you're at odds with, God wants us to do good to them, to proactively seek To do good and to treat them in the same way that we want to be treated. And so I think the main point here that Jesus is saying is, He talks about how generous God wants to be with us. As our Heavenly Father, He wants to pour out His blessings on us. He wants to give us good gifts. He wants to give us when we ask Him. And so because God has been so generous with us, how can we not be generous to others? We should have no choice. Those of us who are Christians should be the most generous people in the world, right? Because God has been generous to us. And you know what? We learned that. We were on the receiving end of that our first year of marriage when we received those, uh, those anonymous gifts. Actually, one of them, um, <clears throat> uh, it's an interesting story. One, one of the gifts, the one in the mailbox, we have no idea to this day who gave us that. Um, but the other one, there was a friend of mine named Jared, who was a good friend throughout high school and throughout college, and uh, shortly after we got married, we, we hung out, we were talking, and I was talking about how great, he was asking him, so what's married life like? And uh, I was telling all the good things, he's like, is it really all good? I mean, there's got to be something, and so I said, well, the biggest challenge actually is finances, like we're really struggling, like we were eating popcorn for dinner uh, several nights in a row, and um, and living on as minimal budget as we could possibly have. And uh, so he's just listening. He's like, wow, that, that's really tough. And <clears throat> actually, uh, around that same time, a couple months after our, our wedding, um, our best man, my best man, actually uh, drove the gifts from our marriage venue to our apartment where we were staying so he could transport all that for us. And so he called us up and said, hey, Dan, I found an envelope in my trunk that I think is probably from, for you guys, probably from the wedding. So we're like, ooh, I wonder if there's money inside. So (laughs) we drive over, and we're so excited, and we get it, and we open it up, and there's a check for 25 U.S. dollars, which is like 200 Hong Kong dollars. And I hold it up, (laughs) and I'm looking at it, and we are so happy, and we hug, Eaton and I hug, and... My best man is just like, are you guys okay? Like, you're acting like this is a bar of gold or something. It's just 25 bucks. And he later said, I'd never seen someone so happy to receive $25. And it was during that time where I was sharing this with Jared, and so um, after we had that experience, it was winter time, Um, Jared was uh, getting ready to move uh, to go to Hawaii to serve on missions. And so I met up with him before he left, and I was just sharing with him how things, how the trip to Hong Kong was. And I said, You'll never believe when we got back, we just found random money in our mailbox, and then somebody knocked at our door and left money, and we were able to pay our bills. You know, God's really good to us. And he was trying really hard (laughs) to keep a straight face, and he's kind of smiling a little bit. He's like, Yeah, yeah, God really takes care of you, doesn't he? And I looked at him, I said, Wait a minute, was that you? And he tried to lie, but then he's like, yeah, that was me. I didn't want to tell you, but yes, that was me. He said, a few months earlier, when you were telling me how such a struggle it was financially, God placed on my heart to, um, he was a waiter. And in the States, uh, you get very low salary as a waiter, actually, just like 2 or $3 U.S. an hour at that time. And then most of your income is from tips. And so he said, I felt God was calling me to collect all my tips for three months and then just give that to you. And that was, that was such a blessing. And I gave him a hug because he was a friend. And I said, Jared, I can't pay you back. It's all gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he was generous to us. He felt called by God because he knew in his life God was generous to him. And he was generous. And so ever since... My wife and I have made it a a point to say when, when people have needs, we're as generous as we can be. Now, I'm not... Because there's nothing special about me, that's how we should be, right? I'm not saying we all... Now, we are limited as well in resources, but we do what we can to help others because God has helped us. And so may we be people in our times of need who ask God for help, who seek after him, who keep knocking expecting Him to give us good gifts. And as God blesses us, as He is generous with us, may we be a blessing to others. May we be generous with others for His glory and His kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank You so much for the fact that we have access to You 24-7, that we are Your children and You desire for us to come to You. You desire for us to ask You, and Lord, as we ask, God, we expect that you will give us good gifts. It may not be in the way that we want, but Lord, you know what's best for us. And we're so thankful of how you provided for us in, in, on many occasions. Lord, for some of us, we're still waiting. We're still um, receiving no. And Lord, that can be very difficult. God, I pray that you would show us and teach us that your grace is sufficient, that you really do care for us. And may we uh, look to you, uh, in times of need and, and even in the everyday aspects of life. And Lord, as you bless us, may we be generous to others, God. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just rise up a people here at AIC who are so generous that our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, our family would know that we are a people who have, been gen- who have received generosity from you and we want to give that away to others. And we want to do that for your name and your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please rice.